Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. This program presents the gifts of the church in terms of its both lungs, east and west, but primarily, of course, the eastern churches, the gifts of the eastern churches. But because we both breathe together with both lungs as one body of the Catholic Church, it is okay. In fact, it is good for us to be aware of each other's gifts, but also to walk with one another and to be aware of each other's trials and tribulations, because we can be of help to one another. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're in this together. There are times when the Latin Rite Church is of tremendous help to the Eastern Catholic Churches in some of our trials and tribulations. And there are times when the Eastern Catholic Churches can be of help to the Latin Rite. Today is one of those days in which I want to present how the Eastern Catholic Churches might be able to be helpful to the Latin Rite in what seems to be a difficult time regarding liturgy, mass, worship. It's not surprising this would be a difficult time if there are any confusions or divisions, because mass or liturgy, that worship of the church, is where everybody and everything comes together, certainly symbolized by the Eucharist itself, Holy Communion, coming together as community, as one. And so it's not surprising there would often be a lot of deep felt thoughts and feelings about the Mass, about that community, the worship, the liturgy of the church, and that it goes correctly. Currently in the Latin Rite Church, from our observation as an Eastern Catholic, I see three basic areas. There may be more, but there's three, basically. There is those who they are happy with the what's called the propopolo Mass, in other words, facing the people, which occurred after, but not because of Vatican II. We'll get to that later. Then there is the Ad Orientum Mass, 
In other words, where it's very much like the Novus Ordo, except the priest faces east. In other words, he would have his back to the people, although that's not the best way to say it. The best way to say it is we all face east. And then there is the so-called, well, the nickname is Rad Trad, meaning radical traditionalists, <laughs> or those who prefer the traditional Latin mass or the Tridentine mass, where, of course, there the priest also faces east, ad orientum, which, of course, means towards the east. And those three areas are problematic right now, and there's a lot of sentiments, a lot of division about it. And Pope Francis has acted on that in a way that is disconcerting to many people. Many people may understand it or appreciate it, but I wanted to shed some light on it by actually looking at some of the texts. In other words, what does the Pope say? What do the texts say that come from church documents, such as the Second Vatican Council? First, I want to quote from Pope Francis's document called Traditionis Custodis, in other words, the traditional Latin liturgy. And he says here that in order to promote the concord and unity of the church, now it's very important to pick up on those words, concord and unity, in order to promote the concord and unity of the church with paternal solicitude towards those who in any region adhere to liturgical forms antecedent to the reform willed by the Vatican Council II, my venerable predecessors, St. John Paul II and Benedict XVI, granted and regulated the faculty to use the Roman Missal edited by St. Pope John XXIII in 1962. Now, this is before Vatican II ended. In this way, they intended to facilitate the ecclesial communion of those Catholics who feel attached to some earlier liturgical forms and not to others. In line with the initiative of my venerable predecessor, Benedict XVI, to invite the bishops to assess the application of the motu proprio, Summorum Pontificum, three years after its publication, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith carried out a detailed consultation of the bishops in 2020. Now, what this motu proprio was, you may recall, it was where Pope Benedict XVI gave permission to any priest even over and beyond their bishop, to celebrate the traditional Latin Mass. In other words, their bishop did not need to give his approval or not, because the Pope overrode that as the, of course, chief of all the bishops. That was the appropriate. But he also said, as indicated in Pope Francis's document here, that we were to, or the Church was to, assess the application of it three years after it all started. St. Pope Francis says the results have been carefully considered in light of experience that has matured during these years. At this time, having considered the wishes expressed by the Episcopate and having heard the opinion of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, I now desire, with this apostolic letter, to press on evermore in the constant search for ecclesial communion. Therefore, I have considered it appropriate to establish the following. The liturgical books promulgated by St. Paul VI and St. John Paul II, in conformity with the decrees of Vatican Council II, are the unique expression of the lex orandi of the Roman Rite. In other words, Pope Francis is saying, this is the Mass you should be using. It would be the Novus Ordo, and not facing east. Now, why did he do that? Many, many Latin Rite Catholics are disturbed at that. Well, I mentioned to you to pick up on the words here, both in reference to the popes before Pope Francis, and also to Pope Francis himself, where the concern was, as it always is in the church, especially in the Western church, with unity, this ecclesial communion. And it appears as though Pope Francis decided that after consultation, he claims he had these consultation, 
that the use of the motopropio was at this point too divisive in the church. So he kind of shut the door on it, basically. He allows it to an extent, but a limited extent. But he shut the door on it, basically, and said, okay, everybody's got to use this Mass, not the traditional Latin rite. And again, it was for, seemingly, for the purpose of unity and ecclesial communion. Now, when I present these things to you, I'm trying to give context and background, not judgment. I'm not making judgments or verdicts. I hope it doesn't sound that way. I'm just simply presenting things that hopefully are, are very factual, such as my next document I'll refer to is from the actual Second Vatican Council. And it is a document called Sacrosanctum Concilium from the Vatican II on the Liturgy. This is for the Latin Rite. And it says this, because and the reason I'm going to quote this is because many changes and some of the division and the confusion about Novus Ordo versus the, the traditional Latin Rite Mass and so on, I come from understanding that this is what the Vatican Council wanted. In other words, the Vatican Council wanted to turn the altar around and make these changes. However, I want to clarify something by reading right from the Second Vatican Council. This may surprise some of you, especially Latin Rite Catholics. It says here, and this is Article Number One Sixteen from Sacrosanctum Concilium from Second Vatican Council on the Liturgy. The Church acknowledges Gregorian chant as specially suited to the Roman liturgy. Therefore, now listen carefully. Therefore, other things being equal. It should be given pride of place in liturgical services. Imagine, this is what Vatican II actually said. It said the church acknowledges Gregorian chant as especially suited, so it should be given pride of place in liturgical service. In other words, the Second Vatican Council did not say drop Gregorian chant or Latin. In fact, it said preserve it, give it pride of place. And it says, the typical edition of the books of Gregorian chant is to be completed, and a more critical edition is to be prepared of those books already published since the restoration by St. Pius X. It is desirable also that an edition be prepared containing simpler melodies for use in small churches. Religious singing by the people is to be intelligently fostered, notice it said intelligently fostered, so that in devotions and sacred exercises, as also during liturgical services, the voices of the faithful may ring out according to the norms and requirements of the rubrics. In other words, they wanted more lay participation. In certain parts of the world, especially mission lands, there are peoples who have their own musical traditions, and these play a great part in the religious and social life. For this reason, due importance is to be attached to their music, and a suitable place is to be given to it, not only informing their attitude toward religion, but also in adapting worship to their native genius, as indicated in Article 39 and 40. Okay, so we have now references to the chant. Basically, to sum it up, Vatican II said... The preference would be Gregorian chant. However, you may use, especially in certain areas, and also there's a limitation to this. It wasn't a, a blanket kind of statement. It's a, it's a qualified statement. You may use, and it says in certain parts of the world, especially mission lands, there were peoples who had their own musical traditions. You notice the qualification there. What happened was, is that the qualifications were kind of overlooked and there was interpretation of the Second Vatican Council of sort of a, just kind of like a free-for-all open door. And basically, Vatican II got blamed for things that are now maybe disturbing among Latin Rite Catholics in worship. But actually, if you look at the documents of the Vatican II, there were 
qualified terms used and limitations used, almost like exceptions. It was not a flinging the doors open and getting rid of everything that came before and having a free-for-all. So that's very important to understand and to establish. And I'm reading it right from the documents of the Second Vatican Council. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this whole issue of liturgy and or mass in the Latin Rite, but how the Eastern Catholic churches can be of help. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at ByzantineCatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. 60491 and may God grant you I'm Tom Oglesby of FM 98.3 KCRD in Dubuque, Iowa and you're listening to Light of the East Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. We're trying to sift through some of this confusion and some pretty hard sentiments on all kinds of sides in the Latin Rite in particular regarding worship. And I said that Eastern Catholic churches may be of some help in this regard. We're always helpful to each other, East and West, so we're, we're going to do that today. We mentioned about what Vatican II actually said about chant. We also said about what Pope Francis said when he said that he doesn't want the traditional Latin mass to be the norm. He wants the Novus Ordo to be the norm. And the reason why he said that, he said it for what he believed was the reason why his predecessors, Pope John Paul II and Benedict XVI, allowed for the Latin mass. Both were trying to arrive at unity and ecclesial communion. This is the motive behind it. Now, when it comes to the language of the mass, Latin, it says this, Particular law, and this is from the documents of the Second Vatican Council, particular law remaining in force, the use of the Latin language is to be preserved in the Latin rites. But since the use of the mother tongue, whether in the Mass, demonstrations of the sacraments, or other parts of the liturgy frequently may be of great advantage to the people, the limits of its employment may be extended. Notice that word, literally, limits of it may be extended. 
See, those are qualifying terms. They're not fling the doors open terms. But unfortunately, that's how it got understood and put into practice, and then Vatican II was blamed for that. It says here, this will apply in the first place to the readings and directives and to some of the prayers and chants, some of the prayers and chants, according to the regulations on this matter to be laid down separately in subsequent chapters. These norms being observed, it is for the competent territorial ecclesiastical authority to decide whether and to what extent the vernacular language is to be used. Notice the qualification again, to what extent there would be a decision made by the local bishop. The decrees are to be approved, that is, confirmed by the apostolic see. So in other words, if a bishop wanted the language of worship to be in the vernacular for the Latin, right, he would still have to get that approved by the apostolic see. And whenever it seems to be called for, the document says, this authority is to consult with bishops of neighboring regions which have the same language. Translations from the Latin text into the mother tongue intended for use in the liturgy must be approved by the competent territorial ecclesiastical authority mentioned above. So you notice this is just full of qualifications and cautions, yet it allows for certain openness. That's the balance that I believe the Second Vatican Council was trying to achieve but the world and many parts of the church kind of ran with it. A lot of this came about from wrong interpretation, from not really good theology, and also outside influences from the secular world, and even from non-Catholic religions, like such as Protestantism. So a whole lot of things happened after Vatican II, but I wanted you to be clear about what Vatican II actually said. Now, what about the Eastern Catholic churches then? The Eastern Catholic churches have preserved the liturgy as it has been for centuries. Now, it doesn't mean that we didn't have our own problems with a kind of a purity and development of our own worship, although it's been basically the same for centuries. And in fact, in those times of our own confusion, Rome stepped in and was very helpful. And something has happened in that regard, and we talked about in a previous program, even now with the Eastern Catholic Church of the Cyril-Malabar Rite. They're having a big dispute in their church whether the priest should face the people during the Mass or do what was their more ancient tradition, as it was from my own Byzantine church, face east, in other words, ad orientum. And that controversy is so divisive that once again, the Pope, Rome, has stepped in, and Pope Francis has recommended that the Cyril-Malabar Church altogether celebrate their Mass, which is called Kurbana, it's a Syriac tradition Mass, celebrate that facing east, ad orientum. That's been rejected by hardliners who want to still face the people in the Cyril Malabar church. So the Pope has sent a special envoy there from my particular church, a Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic church, to try to deal with the matter. But you see how Rome steps in and tries to bring about a good and benevolent and correct solution. So we help each other. So how does the Eastern Church, and many of the Eastern churches, how can they be of help to the Latin Rite during this time? Well, first of all, we are a place the Latin Rite Catholics can come to, especially if they're so upset, so confused or disgruntled, which many people are in the Latin Rite today, that they can come to a liturgy that has what they're looking for. It's not the Tridentine Mass, but it has some of those elements of an ancient and sacred character, chant, and so on. 
The priest faces ad orientum, as everybody does, although at times he turns towards the people, but only at certain times. People who are disgruntled in the Latin rite, because they want the traditional Latin mass, or maybe Novus Ordo ad orientum, can come to an Eastern Catholic liturgy, perfectly valid, satisfies your obligation, and in that way, hopefully, it helps them not to leave the church, because that's what a lot of people are doing. They're so disgruntled, they don't go to church, or they step outside the church. You don't have to do that. You can stay within the church by attending Eastern Catholic liturgies without becoming Eastern Catholic yourself. Maybe, and sometimes people do, they actually do a formal change of right. You don't have to. You're not pressured to. You're not even invited to. That's entirely between you and the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's just a temporary sort of stop-off point. That's okay. Uh, if that is how we serve you as brothers and sisters in the church, that's fine. I just encourage you, don't get disgruntled to the point where you don't go to church or you leave the church. You can stay within the church, at least experience a liturgy that has the characteristics that many of you are looking for and that you found in the traditional Latin Mass or an ad orientum Novus Ordo Mass. I want to give you a little story on this note. Recently, I was in Rome and I attended the Papal Mass, and I really enjoyed it. I'm a Byzantine Catholic priest, of course, but I truly enjoy the riches of the Latin Rite Church. And this Mass was Novus Ordo. But let me tell you, to me, observing as an Eastern Catholic, it was like maybe two tweaks away from being almost a traditional Latin Mass. It was solemn. It was reverent. They had a magnificent choir that sang the liturgical parts, many of them, in Latin and in Italian. In Gregorian chant, traditional chant, the great beautiful, great music of the Latin Rite tradition. In every way, I think it would have been a, a Mass that most Catholics in the Latin Rite would have been very pleased with. And the Pope was in attendance. And I thought to myself, hmm, Holy Father, <laughs> this, this Mass here is wonderful. As an Eastern Catholic, I'm really appreciating and enjoying it. In fact, they even had a little missalette to follow along, and it was written, and every note that they sang, every word was there, and it was written in Italian, Latin, and English. Not German or French, but English. So I felt very much at home at this Mass, even though I was an Eastern Catholic. And I thought to myself, I almost wanted to tell him if I could have gotten up to him. I was close to him, but I couldn't get to him. The crowds were a little too thick. I almost wanted to tell him, Holy Father, I think many of your own people just want something like this, this Mass that you're attending right now and obviously are approving of. But anyway, that's just a little personal experience and sidelight that I bring into our discussion here. But the Eastern Catholic churches also have preserved the ad orientum orientation, and they provide something that can be a bit of a model, where you can have the ancient characteristics, yet, to quote St. Augustine in relation to God, so ancient, yet so new. In other words, traditional mass or traditional characteristics of the liturgy do not have to be seen as something from the past, something old that's just being kind of artificially revitalized and sort of artificially sort of tattooed onto our worship experience now. There are things in the church, especially in its liturgy, that are good for all time. And that's one of the reasons the Eastern Catholic liturgies have changed so little. And in fact, for those of you who are Latin, right? This may surprise you. Hopefully it doesn't frustrate you. But many of you who are looking for more tradition in your own Mass, you will find that 
what Vatican II did for the Eastern Rite churches is what you're looking for in your Mass. In other words, the documents of the Second Vatican Council in regard to the Eastern Catholic churches called us to an even deeper appreciation, rediscovery, immersion, and revitalization of our traditional, ancient customs and liturgy. That's what many of you of the Latin Rite are hoping the Pope would say. That's what you're looking for. Well, that's what Vatican II said for us. So Eastern Catholic churches, they, they love what Vatican II said because it, it helped us to preserve our more pure traditions. Because you see, what happened in many Eastern Catholic churches, when they reunited with Rome over the past several centuries, they lost some of their own tradition and then adopted some of the Latinite traditions to be accepted. This was called Latinization. And the Second Vatican Council called Eastern Catholic churches away from that to rediscover who we really are. So we love that directive from the Second Vatican Council. There's a lot of other ways that the Eastern Catholic churches may be of help at this time to the Latin Rite. But one thing I will say, I will end on this. I encourage you, those of you in the Latin Rite, you're perfectly welcome if you find a place with us whether temporary or permanent. But I first and foremost encourage you to stay faithful to your church. Ride the waves of it. Things happen at church over time. Try to be faithful to it first. I said, you're perfectly welcome to attend our liturgies. We're there for you. But first and foremost, try to stay faithful to your own church and be committed to it. Ride it through. It goes in ups and downs throughout history. Pray and just remain in the church, the Catholic Church. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. WTN Radio for the reason that Mother Angelica founded this entire enterprise. She always saw this as a spiritual growth network. It was to be an enterprise in media that reached people in all aspects of their life. She saw this as a, a holistic approach to reaching the whole person in the middle of the world and bringing them truth and life. Raymond Arroyo thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!